Hello and welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's July 14th, 2022, and this is episode 88. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, MoviesPastAndPresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this thing. We've got four movies opening in theaters tomorrow on July 15th. First up is Where the Crawdads Sing. Uh, this is a drama from Sony. It's directed by Olivia Newman, uh, and it's based on the best-selling novel by Dahlia Owens. Um, this is a captivating mystery. It's the story of Kaya, an abandoned girl who raised herself to adulthood in the dangerous marshlands of North Carolina. For years, rumors of the quote-unquote Marsh Girl haunted Barkley Cove, isolating uh, the sharp and resilient Kaya from her community. Drawn to two young men from town, Kaya opens herself to a new and startling world. But when one of them is found dead, she is immediately cast by the community as the main suspect. As the case unfolds, the verdict as to what actually happened becomes increasingly unclear, threatening to reveal the many secrets that lay within the marsh. Uh, Daisy Edgar Jones plays Kaya. The film also stars Taylor John Smith, Harris Dickinson, and Michael Hyatt. Uh, Where the Crawdads Sing is rated PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association for sexual content and some violence, including a sexual assault. Uh, Next up is Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank. This is an animated family comedy from Paramount. It's directed by Chris Bailey. Mark Kostler, sorry, Mark, if I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly, and Rob Minkoff. Uh, just as a note, R- Rob Minkoff uh, is an animated director who's a, who he did a lot of stuff for Disney. He's he is co-director of The Lion King, uh, among among other things, um, over at Disney. Now he's working on this project um, uh, that's at Paramount. Um, this animated comedy. Uh, is about a hard-on-his-luck hound dog named Hank. Uh, Hank is voiced by Michael Sarah, And Hank finds himself in a town full of cats who need a hero to defend them from a ruthless villain uh, who is voiced by Ricky Gervais. Um, with help from a reluctant, reluctant teacher who is voiced by uh, none other than Samuel L. Jackson, uh, to train him, our underdog must assume the role of town samurai and team up with villagers to save the day. The only problem is the cats hate dogs. So uh, there, there you've got the setup. Uh, you know, watching the trailer for this, this looks like it's definitely made made for younger kids, but maybe they've thrown in enough adult comedy that, that would make it interesting um, for grown-ups too. Uh, I was a little doubtful of the project, although they they brought in a great voice cast. It's got Mel Brooks, George Takei, um, Gabriel Iglesias, Michelle Yeoh. Uh, so anyway, uh, maybe maybe it's going to be funny. We'll have to see. And again, with the Rob Minkoff factor, um, you know, it could help elevate it too. Positive Fury: The Legend of Hank is rated PG by the Motion Picture Association. For action, violence, rude and suggestive humor, and some language. Uh, 
Uh, next up is The Gray Man. This is an action drama uh, from Netflix, and it's directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. Uh, this is one of those movies from Netflix that's going to screen in theaters, screening in theaters uh, again starting uh, tomorrow, July 15th. And then we'll be streaming exclusively on Netflix on July 22nd. So if you want to see this, it looks like it's, it has got potential to be a big screen uh, kind of experience. Uh, the Gray Man is not only the title, but it's this character. He's a CIA uh, operative. Um, and this character is played by Ryan Gosling. Um this character was plucked from a federal penitentiary and recruited by his handler, uh, who's played by Billy Bob Thornton. Um, and this, this dude was an ancient agent, an agency stationed merchant of death, but now the tables have turned and the Ryan Gosling character is the target being hunted across the globe by, um, a psycho, uh, a psycho, uh, adversary who's played by Chris Evans, who is a former cohort at the CAA and who will stop at nothing to take him out. So um, we've got this uh, this battle going on here between characters played by Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans and Chris Evans playing the bad guy. Um, uh, Anna DeArmas also plays an agent who is looking out for Ryan Gosling. Um this movie also stars Renee Jean Page, Billy again. We already mentioned Billy Bob Thornton um, and Alfre Woodard, um, and it's also based on a book um, called The Gray Man by Mark Greeny. Uh, this looks like it could be uh, you know a really cool action movie. So so uh, I think it's got some potential. Fingers crossed. Uh, let's hope it's good. Uh, the Gray Man is rated PG thirteen by the Motion Picture Association for intense sequences of strong violence and strong language. Um, finally opening up tomorrow is Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. This is a comedy drama from Focus Features. It's directed by Anthony Fabian. And it's it, and uh, this looks like a charming movie. Uh, it's an enchanting tale of a seemingly ordinary British housekeeper whose dream it is to own a couture Christian Dior gown. Um, and this dream takes her on an extraordinary adventure in Paris. Uh, Leslie Manville plays Mrs. Harris. Also in the cast are Jason Isaacs, Anna Chancellor, and Rose Williams. And as I said, this looks like it could be uh, a really, you know, cute, charming film and kind of like anti-summer um, action movie uh, programming from Focus Features. So let's hope it's good. Uh, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris is rated PG by the Motion Picture Association for Suggested Material, Language, and Smoking. Uh, next week, next Friday, uh, July 22nd, uh, there's just one big movie that's opening up, and it's Nope. This is a horror film from Universal Pictures, which is written and directed by uh, Jordan Peele. And, you know, Jordan Peele, uh, they say that you know, in the press materials that he disrupted and redefined modern horror um, with his film Get Out. And I do think that's true. And again, because it's it's, it's a horror movie, I, uh, I haven't seen it. But everybody raves about Get Out. And then he also made them a film called Us. And so now he reimagines the summer movie with a new pop nightmare, this expansive horror pick that is called Nope. Uh, the film reunites Peel with um, Daniel Kaluuya 
Uh, I'm sorry, I'm probably messing up his his name. Um, he's also joined by Kiki Palmer. Um, Stephen Yoon is also in this. And they're residents in a lonely gulch inland California town. Uh, and they uh, they bear witness to an uncanny and chilling discovery. Uh, don't know much about it, but the, have you seen the trailers? It looks super creepy. Uh, nope is rated R by the Motion Picture Association for language throughout and some violence and bloody images. And my response to this film also is nope. I'm, it's a pass for me. But we'll be anxious to hear if you go. Let me know if you go and and, and uh, uh, let me know if you enjoy it. So, as a recap, coming soon to theaters uh, starting tomorrow, Where the Crawdads Sing, Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank, The Gray Man, and Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, and then opening on Friday, July 22nd, next week, uh, is Nope. couple of reviews uh for the, the episode today uh and and both of these films have already opened so um apologies for the delay uh, i finally saw elvis the the uh biopic of elvis presley that was created by uh boz lerman and uh you know overall i really enjoyed elvis it is Boss Lerman, you know, who has a very distinctive visual style, uh, really created an interesting take on on the on the life of Elvis Presley. And really, this is more about. I mean, it touches a bit on his childhood, but it's really more about when Elvis uh, Elvis mania really starts to take over. You know, in the nineteen fifties, and it goes through his death. Um, in the seventies. And so it's told mostly from the point of view of his, of his Elvis's man, longtime manager who's named Colonel Tom Parker and Colonel Tom Parker, while he did get, you know, Elvis, you know, launched him and, 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 and took him, you know, really furthered his, you know, his fame and career. Tom Parker was also not a good guy. Um, uh, compulsive gambler and, and, and all sorts of issues. And, uh, in a lot of ways, you know, held Elvis back for his own selfish purposes too. Um, and then poor Elvis, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, in this film, he's, he's kind of portrayed as a, I think almost as a victim because, uh, what was going on? Elvis's Elvis's parents, you know, didn't necessarily really have his back, uh, and a lot of the stuff was also played, I think, to Elvis's worst impulses too. But anyway, you, you know, you can see it to be 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 your own judge. Uh, I think the main thing in this film are the the performances are outstanding. Um, Austin Butler, who plays Elvis Presley, he he is Elvis Presley. He does such a fine job. Uh, Tom Hanks plays Colonel Tom Parker. And this, I think, has been controversial with people. 
Tom Hanks has to, you know, puts on a lot of makeup and prosthetics and things. He has also wears kind of a, a wonky accent. <laughs> At least I thought it was <laughs> kind of weird, kind of a weird take on a Southern accent. Uh, but you know, Tom Hanks is a very fine actor, and and uh, I thought I, you know, it didn't necessarily bug me. I guess one thing that that I've read with some criticism of it too. It's hard to see Tom Blake's play the villain, you know, because uh, this this guy really ultimately is a villain. Um, but anyway, you know, it is it is what it is, and that's who got cast. Uh, Boz Lerman's signature style is really, I think, often really shines through this. Sometimes I almost think it almost needed maybe a little more style, but it. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it was very interesting. Probably my main complaint about this film is that it's just too long. It, uh, you know, it's close to three hours and they cover a lot of material, you know. I mean, hello, as we mentioned, it's it's like basically Elvis's entire career. But, uh, I don't know. It, it just, uh, that last, that last hour... For me, it was it was almost like a slog. I just I just kind of couldn't wait for it to be, couldn't wait to be over. So that's probably my main my main complaint. But but otherwise, you know, a, 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 you know, a well made and and quite compelling, and quite compelling take on on uh, Elvis Presley's life. Next up is the film Thor: Love and Thunder. Now for something completely different. This is course comic movie within it's from marvel studios and it um is a continuation of course of of many uh <laughs> many storylines that all all intersect with each other in 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 the marvel cinematic universe uh back in this film are of course chris hemsworth as thor uh Natalie Portman is back. You know, Natalie Portman played uh, the love interest in in some of the previous Thor movies. Um, she's a scientist. She's Dr. Jane Foster is her character. Um, and then uh, Christian Bale is 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 uh, in this film. He plays uh, the villain uh, called Gore G O R R. Um, but anyway, the, uh, uh, this is, uh, a really interesting, I, I found it to be a very entertaining film. If, particularly if you're into, if you like these Marvel, um, you know, Marvel movies, uh, Thor is, is, uh, contemplating kind of like his, his, his future what he what he wants to do and he gets uh he gets he gets pulled into to uh another th- uh great th- thor adventure here um jane foster um her character is having some health issues and i'll i'll try to i'll try to keep this as spoiler free as possible and she is drawn to go to asgard which is now uh, you know, now on earth. Um, and, and, uh, she ends up wielding 
Thor's hammer, uh, Mjolnir, if I'm saying it, if I'm saying it right, um, which turns her into uh, a version of Thor, the uh, mighty Thor. So you've probably seen, seen the commercials. She's she's um, she's playing Thor too. So they they work together to fight uh, this gore villain who is hell bent on killing all of all of um, you know these all of the gods, all these mythological gods that that uh, live around live around the universe. So uh, that's the setup. It's directed, written and directed by Taika Waititi, and he directed Thor Ragnarok. Uh, so you know he's 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 familiar with these characters. Um, Taika Waititi has a very interesting uh, style, and I think I think you know it's just one of the, one of the things you either like it or you don't. Uh, I quite like it. It's it's very goofy humor. And, and, uh, as you know, if you, you know, if you saw Thor Ragnarok, um, Taika Waititi also directed, uh, Jojo Rabbit. If you saw, if you saw that film, of course, that's not a Marvel film, but, uh, you know, he was, he was able to really, in that film, draw, uh, or, or combine, you know, comedy and making like Nazis funny. <laughs> uh, as he did in Jojo Rabbit, with a real um, uh, poignancy, or you know, a real a real dramatic um, component to it as well, and I think that that takes a lot of skill. I mean, to try to, to try to merge those different uh, different uh, tonal elements within within a film or within a screenplay. And I think that he's able to do that here very successfully in Thor because Thor takes this this movie takes you know again it's a comic book movie but uh, some serious stuff is happening with some of these characters and and I I think he you know he can take the goofiness of it and then and then merge it with this with with this um, poignancy and I I think to to very good results I, I really. I really enjoyed this film. Um, Chris uh, Hemsworth as Thor. You know, I thought the first Thor movies with that they made. Well, you know, I guess they were fine, but they were really serious. And so, taking kind of a very a more humorous approach with Thor, I think has worked well. And Chris Hemsworth plays a really funny, you know, male bimbo or a himbo, or whatever you want to call him. I think I think Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth has got some really great comedic chops. Uh, Natalie Portman's wonderful in this. I mean, she's such a good actress, and 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 uh, I really like. I really and she's got you know a pretty intense character arc in this in this film, or even just I mean, just more just like more what happens to to her character. Um, and she's she's great. The supporting cast is terrific, and. If you so, if you like these comic book movies, I, I would I would highly recommend uh, Thor: Love and Thunder.
Classic Cinema Corner. Uh, just something to note on your calendar uh, and up the upcoming uh, July edition of the Turner Classic Movies Big Screen Classics screening. Uh, this month, they are screening a 50th anniversary uh, commemoration, I guess, of Cabaret. So, you know, Cabaret is the uh, classic Broadway musical that was brought to the big screen um, 50 years ago <laughs> in, 19, in uh, 1972. But uh, Cabaret is set in Berlin in 1931, and it follows the flamboyant American Sally Bowles, who in the film was played expertly by Liza Minnelli. Um, Sally Bowles is a singer in a cabaret nightclub. She falls in love with a British academic um, who's played by Michael York, and then matters get complicated when a wealthy and decadent playboy uh, enters the scene and their love triangle plays out against the rise of the Nazi party and the collapse of uh, and the, the collapse of Germany uh, to it. So uh, Cabaret is, is, you know, I think it's a classic film. It's, it's of course, uh, uh, a hard film to watch in that, you know, Again, it was you know Taika Waititi can make the Nazis um, funny, but but in this case, it's all it's all pretty serious and 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 uh, kind of scary. And I guess that's that that that's the um, that's the point. But um, you know, it's got great um, great uh, music in it, uh, and just just a. Uh, Expert, expertly directed. It's directed by Bob Fosse, and so he, of course, puts his his uh, stamp on it. And and uh, he's just, you know, of course, it's all it's it, it's it's just it's an excellent film. Again, a, a a hard film and a challenging film, but nonetheless, uh, nonetheless, a very a very good one. And then cool that it's you get a chance to see it on. The big screen. Cabaret is going to be screening um, this Sunday, July seventeenth, and Wednesday, July twentieth. So just those those two days. And usually there's two screenings on each of those days, but you'll need to check your local listings and check the Fathom Events website. It's fathomevents.com/tcm. I'll have a link to that in the podcast notes in my blog. So uh, yeah, a chance to see. This 50th anniversary screening of Cabaret on the big screen on July 17th and again on July 20th. Well, that does it for this episode of the Movies Past and Present podcast. Again, links and more information about the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Links are also on the blog. And follow me on Instagram. My handle is at MoviesPAP. As always, I hope you'll enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, be safe out there and dedicate yourself to the truth. <music>